This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, we have Dan on from Jovio, and our topic today is delivering higher outcomes. So we're going to be talking all kinds about that. Can't wait. Dan, would you uh, introduce both yourself and Jovio? Sure. Uh, thanks for having me here. Um, sure. Dan Saper, I lead global business strategy here at Jovio. Um, I've been in the job space for, geez, about a dozen years or so. I worked for Indeed and Simply Hired and have been at Jovio for about uh, two and a half years now. Um, Jovio is a programmatic job distribution platform. Uh, very fancy way of saying we take a client's jobs into our system, figure out where's the best, best place to kind of put them throughout the internet and continue to iterate on that through rules, automations, and data. Awesome. So we're going to get into all of that stuff. So outcomes, delivering higher outcomes. Outcomes, uh, where do we want to start with outcomes? Is it candidate flow and quantity? Is it quality? Is it hires? Where would you like to start with outcomes? Jeez, well, we could start in any of those places. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, we think about um, the space right now as, as just very volatile very interesting and and more than all of that, just very confusing um, for your average person trying to find great candidates um, in this ecosystem, right? right. We've seen, I think everyone's bored to death talking about COVID and the impact it's had on marketplace <laughs> with great resignation and all this stuff. But I mean, the reality is, is that what worked literally yesterday doesn't necessarily work today, right? And, and that's right. what we're finding day in and day out. And when we're talking about delivering higher outcomes in this in this context, we're talking about how you can use data and analytics and, you know, just frankly paying attention every single day. Um, through a Jovio, it's, it's more um, automatic, so to speak, um, right. but, but really paying attention every day to what's going on to make sure you get the best outcomes with whatever you're doing, right? That's That's kind of what we solve for. Yeah, and it's it's again what's what's great about programmatic in general as a category, is it is it uh, it helps you um, it helps the practitioner understand how much budget, you know how much budget will create how much flow and then where to put that to create that flow. So um, uh, you know, there's a lot of this. You've you've grown up in this industry, so you know, so you know the bit. It's it's you're flying blind when you don't have that data. It's like, well, we used, you know, we used Indeed before. Yeah, okay, well, Indeed sounds, I mean, and Indeed's great. But Indeed for that particular job might not get you the number, but quantity or the quality of candidates that you want. And so I think that's one of the things I love about this particular era of, of recruiting and recruiting technology is it's, it's less post and pray. And there's a little bit more math, a little bit more data behind the the decisions that are being made. For sure. And, and you know, I spent years at Indeed and they were and continue to be a, a fantastic source, right? And, um, and that looks at no matter what area you're looking at, right? Whether right. it's quantity or quality, right? The, the fact is, is that they do a, a fantastic job of 
matching the right job seekers to the right job. I, I think the challenge that we found uh, in today's marketplace is they know that they have a, a great matching algorithm. They have great everything. <laughs> and they know that that can come at a premium, right? So when you're dealing with, you know, going back to the math of it all, cl- click to apply rates and apply to higher rates that are really, really good um, f- from a, from a uh, you know, talent acquisition perspective. Um, but at the same time, that, that auction-based marketplace has gotten more expensive, right? That's the other piece of this math problem, which is how can I get the best ROI of whatever budget my finance team gave me, <laughs> right? So there's always a finite amount of budget there. And where, where programmatic really helps is that diversification, knowing, knowing when it's important to diversify um, and, and where to diversify too as well. Because I mean, let's face it. I mean, there's a few household names these days. There's, there's Indeed, there's ZipRecruiter, arguably there's a handful of others. Um, but your average talent acquisition professional has about a thousand different job sites pounding on their door saying, use us, use us, we can deliver a good candidate flow. Um, it's really hard to figure out who's the right one and let alone how much candidate flow they can actually drive, right? Whereas an Indeed can, what seems like infinitely deliver candidates that are a good match, um, others have more limitations than that, right? So um, a lot of companies come to us to say, I can't figure it out. Who's the best one? Who knows? And because, um, because frankly, the other piece there is, of course, just because somebody's great on one job, as you mentioned before, doesn't mean they're going to be the best source for the next job. Uh, and that could be any source, right? And and right. so people come to us and say, "Hey, here's my jobs. You guys figure it out, right?" <laughs> they, they, love, they love it for centralization, uh, but they also love it for take a decision off my my shoulders because I'm here to hire. I'm here to have a function that actually goes and talks to people. Um, actually figures out, are these the right candidates and, and actually figures out, um, do we want to bring them on and, and, and give them an offer, right? And so we're here to make their life simple um, in, a, in a time when things are more confusing and more competitive than ever. Do you, uh, I want to get your take on this, the, the concept of the law of diminished returns. So like, is there a point in which the faucet needs to be turned off in terms of candidate flow and, and like, I guess every talent acquisition professional, if, if true, then they'd have to figure that out. Or maybe the technology figures that out, but just like at one point is it, you've already kind of gotten all the quality that you need to then make the decisions that you're going to make. Sure. And there's, there's a few different levels of that, right? There's for a particular position. Um, so, Hey, I have this brand new position, or maybe it's an evergreen position. I'm a, I'm a retail store and I always need a certain amount of candidate flow on that job. Right. Um, you're going to get a certain amount of candidate flow for free, right? Let's say we're, we're talking a retail store. People are going to walk up to your door and say, I'd love yeah. to submit my resume. Yeah. Other that, you know, Hey, you're in indeed or somebody else's organic section and um, you're, you're naturally going to get a certain amount of candidate flow. Um, it's important to understand what you're actually going to get for free before you pay for anything as well. Right. That, that's, and, and if you pay really close attention to the math over time, you can figure out, well, every time I have a retail associate in a specific market open up as a position, I know that typically I need, let's say it's a dozen applications to actually get to a higher. Right. Um, if you pay attention to the data, you can say, well, I actually never have to uh, even sponsor this position uh, in this particular market. In other markets, you might see, well, you know, maybe I need 50 applies and guess what? I'm getting one apply every three days uh, organically. Um, so very quickly, I need to make sure I turn that job on, right? So it's important to get that fast start, but 
that's a roundabout way to even get to your question, which is turning off the spigot. Right. Exactly right. Like you only need a certain amount of applies to um, get to a hire. And, and it, the, the pattern holds pretty true over time that maybe it's not exactly a dozen, but you know, it's going to be, Hey, if normally it's around a dozen, if I get 20, anything beyond that is wasted spend, wasted applies. Um, if you're a consumer brand, that's a job seeker that applied to something they were never going to get in the first place. Cause it's not really open anymore. Right. Um, so it's really important to use that as well, which is also another thing uh, programmatic can solve for, which is, you know, building some rules there. Hey, um, don't even send this to anybody. If my candidate flow is naturally good, um, right. and I'm gonna f- uh, fulfill it naturally. And if I'm not going to fulfill it naturally, okay, great. Get it out there. Find those job seekers. But once I have enough job seekers that I'm, I'm 95% likely to definitely get a hire out of the, the applications that came in, turn that baby off, <laughs> stop spending on it. Don't spend a dime. And that's another thing that, that kind of programmatic solves for, which is rules-based automations that can start jobs when it makes sense, stop spending on them when they don't make sense. Do we, do we have some uh, either machine learning or AI or just some intelligence on the back end of being able to recommend to them? Because one of the things that, that you mentioned is like, okay, I, I know I need 12 candidates to make a hire. I, and, and I'm just going to make the assumption that a lot of TA folks don't know their conversion metrics, which is probably wrong. But um, well, let's, let's just start the, with they don't. So how do they know? Because how do they know what those cutoffs should be? Yeah. And, and most people have applicant tracking systems right. um, where all you got to do is run the data um, historically in there, right? I, I, we can help solve for it, but honestly, everyone has a different apply process. Everyone right. has a hiring process. So I don't like to go with generalities. Um, like if I'm working with warehouse workers, we have a certain client that they have around four to one uh, applies to a hire, um, oh, but they cool. go through a really stringent process during that application process. Which right. means by the time they actually get through it, like as, all they need is the background check and then they're done. Right. Yeah. They, they, they weed, a, they, it's longer and more intense. So they weed a bunch of people out. Exactly. We have others or, that say, Hey, turn on easy apply every place. Right. And I've heard <laughs> as bad as like 80 to one <laughs> applies to hire in those right. scenarios for some low barrier to jobs. But it's, it's because somebody just, you know, they applied to 400 jobs through Easy Apply. Their intent is incredibly low. You can't even get them to respond to an email or phone call. So of that 80 applications, you actually talk to 10 people. Half of them are, are not even good for the job. And then the other half are a fantastic fit. And for one reason or another, some fall out, right? So it can be really all over the place. Um, it's another place where for sure your data um, is there. And um, most applicant tracking systems can kind of figure this out out of the box, right? How many you just pull a source report over the past couple of months and say, okay, in general for this type of position, how many applies led to a hire? Now, if you have that and you can share it with us, and, and in fact, in, in our world, right, we have traders, we have an a- analysts, we have a whole bunch of people that can look at your data for you. You hand us over the keys to that, we can figure it out for you, right? We don't need you to figure out anything new that you haven't been looking at, but if you give us the data, we can figure it out for you. And then we can start building really smart rules and automations to make sure we're working towards the right funnel for your unique case as a company. Oh, that's cool. And then really it's uh, getting back to the financial part of this, it's maximizing the dollar, right? So we're not wasting any dollars uh, and we're leveraging every single dollar spent. So um, I love that. I want to get your, I want to get your take on easy apply. Um, 
<laughs> mixed mixed emotions here. Um, e- easy apply from your your perspective. Uh, it, it's great for candidates. I can just hit the button and yep. apply to a bunch of things. It seems to me it creates more noise uh, than signal. It creates more stuff in the system, which might be great. I mean, we might find some hidden treasures there, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it from the corporate perspective and it's like, okay, how do I manage, how do I manage all those candidates? How do I manage all the responses to yeah. those candidates? How do I manage all of the, those expectations, even in, in cases where they were never interested in the job? So I have a lot of thoughts on easy apply. <laughs> when, I, when I was at Indeed, I actually, um, I was in their alliances group for a large portion of my time there. Uh, and I actually worked on the rollout of Indeed Apply and all the ATS integrations and all of that when, when it originally started, right? right. So um, I am obviously an advocate for easy apply because I care a lot about job seeker um, experience, right? right. And, and, you know, especially with how some of these applicant tracking systems are even today just not that mobile friendly, right? right. Like you get certain systems and you look at click to apply rates of one, two, three percent. That that's insane, right? If that happened in marketing, um, you know, for conversion funnels, everyone would be fired. <laughs> right. Um, but in this space, it's a little different, right? Where you have these systems that were built a long time ago that, you know, some have gotten better, but you know, it's it's just there's a lot of friction there, right? And I think about job seeker experience and making it as easy to get through an apply process to show intent. Um, that's how you're going to get the best people to actually apply to your jobs as far as I'm concerned. Right now, the other piece of that is you're going to get more of the best people, but you're also going to get more of the people that aren't a great fit for that job as well. Right. So then we start thinking about, okay, is that a good job seeker experience to get somebody into your ecosystem? Um, but what do you do with them from there, right? So you can't just have them apply and have them go into a black hole, especially if you're a consumer brand that, you know, these people, like if you're Walmart, I'm not, I'm not picking on them because they necessarily have a bad uh, apply process, but they're, they're who comes to mind. Like Walmart's, the people applying to a Walmart job are also the people shopping at Walmart, right? So right. if they happen to create a, a black hole scenario, people are upset about the apply process, that might hurt their spending patterns at your store, right? So that's very important. And so in that aspect, you have something that gets them in the funnel simply, right? Um, Gets the right people to kind of show their intent. But then you have to have an organization that's able to deal with that heavy flow of candidates coming in, right? So whether it's you have the right CRM or you just have a huge, you know, recruiting team. So trucking, for example, is, is notorious for this, right? They make it as simple as possible for somebody to show, hey, I'm interested in becoming a CDL truck driver for you. And as soon as you complete and hit the apply button, somebody's calling you on the phone. You also have an email right away, right? And they have massive recruiting teams because they know if you don't get them in the first 10 seconds, they're going to some other trucking firm and, and, and driving for them, right? Right. Um, a lot of corporate recruitment firms uh, or recruiting organizations don't operate like that. And so if they, if you have easy apply, you have to just have an organization ready to handle, let me go reach out to these people very quickly. I think that it can be very advantageous, but it can also be, a little dangerous for your brand, honestly, if you're not handling it appropriately once that person has shown their interest. What's interesting about that is it, it puts the onus on the again, if if you if you want if you want easy apply, great, fantastic. Uh, you've got to be set up to then interact with it. 
And you've, okay, so you've the, turned the button on. Fantastic. Great. Now it's on. And what are you going to do? Because if you don't, if you're not ready to then, uh, it's, it's, you know, the, you mentioned marketing a second ago, which was, which was genius. Um, leads expire. Leads, there's, a, there's an expiration. I like milk. They expire. So do yep. candidates. And I love your trucking instance. It's like, I want to move everyone towards that, again, that type of almost uh, personalized experience, but it's based on speed. You know, it's like somebody showed uh, interest and it, it could be just, you know, a little bit of interest. Great. Let's go find out and do something about it. Uh, do you see, do you see that model? I mean, obviously it's successful in trucking. Uh, do you see that model being more uh, prolific in other industries? Uh, you know, it varies. I, I don't think, I think trucking has gotten down to a, a machine at this point for most right. of the large organizations. <laughs> I would say if you're talking about any other industry outside of the gig economy, um, the, the Ubers and, and so on of the world, right. um, they're great at, at thinking about it as a marketing funnel. Um, I think other organizations, it's very hit or miss. I would say it's probably maybe 5 to 10% of companies within any other organization think about it in this manner where it's, hey, let's give them a great experience, user experience, right? It's almost like your client trying to close a deal, plus it's you know a marketing funnel at the same time, right? Where you know we can talk about them as leads, but these are real people looking for jobs. And if you think about job seeker behavior, um, a lot of times when they're looking for a job, it's because they're really annoyed with whatever they're doing today, right? Right. Um, but it's it's not that they're necessarily really annoyed with their overall job. It can literally be my boss just yelled at me, or I got a, a bad feedback, or that deal didn't close, or anything that happened in that moment in time that was not positive in my current company. Right. And then they say, Oh man, like I really need a new job. Right. <laughs> then they pick up their phone. They look at something. Um, they, they look at a job or two. Um, they apply to something and you have, if that's the job seeker, that's pretty passive, but he's, he's totally, he or she is totally active in that second in time. You really have a, a finite amount of time to really reach back out to that person get them into your funnel and get them really, really excited about the opportunity they just applied to. Right. Uh, so, so I always am a huge advocate for thinking about it as a marketing funnel as much as possible. Right. And, and marketers think about removing the friction to get the deal done as much as possible. And, and, and that's why I'm a huge fan of easy apply, frankly. Right. And, it's, and they, they get into response time and things like that. It's how fast can we respond to this person in a quality uh, exactly. way? Um, you know, let's get back to the TA professionals that you interact with. What's, what's driving them? You know, uh, I think in 2019, uh, it was all, there was a whole lot of language around quality of hire. Um, and, and, you know, different leaders want different things, but um, are you getting, having more conversations on uh, quantity, quality? Uh, like what are, what are the conversations? Cause you know, dealing with the outcomes, what are they asking for more of or more refinement around? Yeah, that's an interesting question um, because you're finding more and more people are getting offers, accepting them, or, or even like ghosting during the process, or they've been hired and then they never show up, or you know they get there and then they say this isn't for me and leave within thirty days. Right? right. That, that really wasn't something happening even two three years ago. Right. Um, and, and so that's a, a pretty interesting piece. And so you have, you have two problems at the same time. People say, I need more people because especially if it's low barrier to entry jobs, you know, warehouse, retail, any of that stuff, 
the churn rates have gone up significantly as compared to how it used to be. But they're, so they're so they're looking for more quantity, but they're also saying, but I'd love to have people that stick around for a longer time as well, right? Which is it's it's hard to have a job site um, be held accountable for that, right? Because it's it's frankly it's a job seeker behavior, and a lot of times it's how you treat your employees. Right. A lot it's of attention. times it's how you're paying them. Um, a lot of times it's it's what benefits come around with that and. Technology can only go so far to, to solve some of these things. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating because again, this is the split between HR and recruiting. At least historically, is retention is HR's problem. Yeah, you know, recruiting and talent acquisition is like we we're, our job is to get them in, get the hiring manager, get everything done, onboarding done. <laughs> yeah. if they don't stay eh, that has nothing to do with us we we placed them they're there we're done uh, and i think i think some of that is again a, a little bit old and a little bit dated uh, the mindset we're seeing some of that stuff come together um what other what other data because y'all you know what's great is you're, you're a data-driven company what are the data are you seeing that's interesting to you uh, and that, that will be interesting to everyone else just in the coming months, coming years. Oh boy. Um, I mean, job seeker behavior has changed a ton on, on job sites, right? So, um, it's, it's an interesting market in that there are significantly more jobs open, um, now than ever before, right? When I work for job sites, you typically have someplace around, three and a half to four and a half million unique positions open at any given time, right? right. That, that are actually indexable on the internet. I think it's typically more like six, but typically you'd see someplace in the four plus or minus 500 grand, 500,000, right? And these days you're seeing like 11, 12, 13 million unique open positions, right? So if you think about that, there are what, three X, the amount of jobs out there um, hitting the internet for people to look for jobs, right? So whether it's Indeed or or Google or any other job site, there's just so much more noise for you to stick out of um, to a job seeker, right? And, and so at the same time, you have job seekers who become pickier, right? So you see a lot more window shopping. People are more careful on what they actually move forward with. So like with that, you've seen, and this is kind of generally, obviously there's ebbs and flows of this, but in general, you've seen click to apply rates go down. Um, so there's more jobs and then there's fewer job seekers taking their job search super serious. I guess seriously is the wrong way, but when they interact with a job, they're, they're less likely to actually say, okay, this is the fit for me. I'm going to apply to it. And once they apply for it, the, the app to hire rates for a lot of companies have, have become softer than ever before as well. Right. So like you have this huge math problem that's just become incredibly difficult to solve for. Right. And so I think this goes back to the easy apply piece, but, but removing friction in every single spot of, of a, um, a hiring funnel is super important. Right. And, and like, that's why, and, and this isn't a tech that we have, but like, you'll see, see, um, you know, reminders via text to show up to your first, your first, uh, shift, for example. Right. And once somebody actually shows up to their first shift, they're way more likely to continue working on uh, at most companies. Um, but these are the types of things that, that, that in a funnel have just become really difficult to deal with that a lot of companies are trying to figure out, not just from, and once again, this goes back to like 
gluing together talent acquisition and HR and saying, how do you get them to actually start? How do you get them to retain? Um, and, and just making sure that, that you do the right things for them once they actually show up to make sure they continue showing up more than 30 days. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's just an interesting problem that's kind of come up over the past two years or so uh, that, that really didn't exist in the same way before. So dumb question alert, and uh, this will be the last thing. Does programmatic in, in, in what you've seen so far, is programmatic, does it work better in hourly or professional or staffing? Like, Where does it work best? <laughs> good, good question. It can add value to any place as long as, so, so remember, programmatic is making smarter decisions based on data, right? Right. Right. And so if you are a small business and you have one posting and once it's filled, you don't have another job, right? <laughs> um, that's not where programmatic is going to shine because, hey, we've seen jobs that are like that. We can tell you here are the places they're probably going to do the best job, but um, we don't know your funnel specifically. We don't know your app to hire rates. We don't know all of your information. Um, and honestly, if you only have a handful of jobs, you're probably better off just working with and indeed by itself or a zip recruiter by itself and managing a, a relationship or two by itself, right? So where programmatic shines is any place that has a lot of hiring outcomes they're trying to get to, they need to go get a lot of hires. Um, and it's a repeatable need over time, right? As a category, right? So um, that's a long-winded way of saying all of those categories can work very well. Uh, we have clients that are in banking and professional services and, you know, VPs of engineering and all of that, that we help a ton with. Um, we have staffing firms that rely on our technology day in and day out and, you know, have seen great results working with us versus their status quo before. And then we have a ton of hourly positions um, where you get a ton of data, they need a ton of hiring to happen and, and the data really helps it shine through. So I, I think in all of those scenarios, um, it can add great efficiencies. It's just, if it's a, you know, if, if you're looking for hard to fill positions, they're always going to be hard to fill. There's only so many people out there, right. but programmatic can give you the right job dis distribution and the right efficiencies and optimizations that you're going to find them at a better hit rate, so to speak, um, than you would without it. Right. So I might give you a 25% cost reduction on engineering jobs. I might give you a 25% cost reduction on hourly positions. I might give you a 25% cost reduction in scale on staffing, but your before and after what that 25% was in staffing, you might've been getting, you know, applications at five bucks a pop and it went to four on engineering. It could have been, you know, a more difficult apply process. It went from a hundred to 80, you know, and then on the hourly one, maybe it's $40 to, to 25 or 30, right? right. Obviously the math didn't make sense there. But uh, my, my point is, is that you're going to see efficiencies with, with programmatic because it's better distribution. It's a better way to find the right job seekers. There's better optimizations going on than you're going to get with individual job sites. Um, but what the actual impact is, it, it depends on what your before scenario looked like. I love it. Dan, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for carving out time for us. Really appreciate the time. Thank you. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at Recruiting.